listener production. G'day, you are listening to episode 93 of the Howie Games, Martin Brundle, The Impact of Corona. I come to you from what is loosely termed my office at home, which has a computer, a very, very, very temperamental printer, how those things work, I do not know, a couple of podcast microphones, and next door, two little students beavering away at homeschooling. What an emotional roller coaster that caper is. If you're doing it with your beautiful kids, I hope it is going as well as can be expected. All right, no Formula One on a Sunday night. For me, that is no good. Will it return this season? If so, for how many races? Will all the teams be on the grid? So many questions. And who better to run through all these conundrums than Martin Brundle, who is missing Formula One like crazy? The latest news revolves around a potential start of the season in Austria in the beginning of July, double headers, consecutive weekends at the same circuit, no crowds and plenty more. Here's Martin on his life in the corona world. Before we get into you, Martin, the world has been turned on its head, obviously, in the last couple of weeks. If you don't mind, just tell us where you're based. And before we get to the sport you love and know, how your life is tracking at the moment with this COVID-19 affecting us in such a massive way, mate. Well, first of all, I've been very lucky in our family. We're all well and my friends and extended family. So I feel uh, very lucky in that respect. I was born in Norfolk, uh, which is a bit up from Cambridge in the eastern part of the UK. I'm a country boy and I still live five miles away from where I was born and a mile away from where I first started racing. So uh, this is very much home for me. I nearly went to Monaco a few times and never quite got around to it, came home, paid the tax man and and stayed in my beautiful home county. And so it's it's a good place to be. We're out in the countryside. We've got a bit of space and uh, therefore we are incredibly lucky in this crazy world of ours right now um you know if you, you what what can you do we you, you can only try and help other people my mum's 82 she lives just up the road so i keep popping shopping around to her and talking through uh, through her window to her and checking she's okay uh, and just generally you know see if i can do a little bit locally a bit more really once now we're sort of kind of settling down a bit and um, uh, and there's there's plenty of help. You know, the National Health Service have asked for some uh, volunteers and that, but they've got a huge number there. So I'll find another another way to help. Um, and I guess we just, I mean, I'm I'm cleaning the house and <laughs> I'm sorting my files. And because <laughs> when when this gets up and running, we've all got to we've all got to go at warp speed, haven't we? We've got to yeah. uh, double our our usual efforts and bring the world back round, keep the world turning in that respect. And and um, just, you know, there's going to be a lot of people left behind here that, that are going to need some help. So uh, that that's how I'm seeing it at the moment. I'm going a little bit stir crazy because for 35, 36 years, I've been circulating the world with Formula One as a driver or, or in TV. And um, I guess the thing I've really learned most here, how he is, this is what a retirement would feel like. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like the look of it at all, or the feel of it at all. We'll get to Formula One, but the obvious question for a man that's been doing it for thirty-five years, and I've spoken the last few days to a couple of retired cricketers and people I commentate cricket with, and they're like, "Wow, it's actually a period." Your uh, two thousand five Ashes winning captain. I don't know if you follow cricket at all. Michael Vaughan was telling me the other day, "I've actually got some time at home with my family, so there's no doubt some benefits there." But are you missing? the world of Formula One since you were raked out of Melbourne and the race was called off? 
uh, I'm missing it terribly, of course, because that's been my adult life completely. I, I don't know that much about cricket. It seems a really dangerous sport to me. They throw a oh. lump of leather at you at 100 miles an hour. I'd rather be doing 240 miles an hour down the Molesan Strait at Le Moyne, a Jaguar. That seems a safer bet to me. I'm not but, convinced um, about that, but anyway, I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you take the lead there. <laughs> Why would you stand there and somebody throw a big lump of leather at you? <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it is, it's frustrating because, you know, we're, I mean, let, let, let's be frank, you know, going round and round in circles uh, tr- at high speed to entertain people is pretty low on the priority list right now. So uh, I wouldn't play 1% of poor little us in Formula One. It just doesn't count at the moment. Nothing counts like that. But it is a very big business. Uh, it is a global business as well. And third really only to the Olympics and the World Cup in terms of its global presence and and it's got a 70-year history we're supposed to be celebrating that 70-year history uh, this very season um and it employs a huge amount of people and and the technology that it that it generates the the stuff that trickles down into your road cars the the you know companies like williams and mclaren transfer they you know they apply technologies into transportation healthcare you know it's a it's a brilliant business that does a lot of good and the bottom line is on Sunday afternoons or I guess early hours of Monday morning for you sometimes yeah. or Saturday night depending where we are in the world um, if you're watching it in Australia but we, we you know a lot of people have followed Formula One for it's seven decades old as I said so we it's important we get up and running when, when the time is right but that's not going to be easy because we literally, we're a circus of 3,000 people and we drop into Melbourne and we drop into Shanghai and Canada and America, South America, wherever. And, you know, there's the, the logistics of that and the, the very cosmopolitan nature of, of our circus means that I don't know how quickly we'll just be able to move around. And I guess the early phases of any new, if there is a season this year, will be in Europe where we can jump in the trucks and just truck our way around the first six or seven races. And that, that's the scary thing because a non-season of F1 and you think, how many teams can actually survive that? How many cars will still be on the grid? You know, how many companies? And it's just, you know, but, uh, you know, again, I put the proviso in there that, you know, Formula One is not that important to to hundreds of thousands of people losing their lives but it, it we need we need something when we emerge out of this something needs to be still standing yeah and I, and, and we're a sport podcast so it goes without saying that obviously health comes first but but when we're talking about sport martin here our football codes are going through obviously not being able to play financial difficulties and there's a general belief that the sport will be paired back when it returns, the number of staff, the number of resources, because the finances won't be there. The big beast financially that is Formula One, are we going to see a smaller pro- a smaller approach, you reckon, when it comes back, or it'll be as big, as bold, as and expensive as ever? Well, Formula One needs saving from itself more often than not yeah. on these, because uh, they're just so hardwired, the people in, in charge of the teams or whatever, they're competitive animals. And, you know, if you give them 100 million pounds to spend, 200 million Aussie bucks, they'll spend 220 because that's just what they do. And if if they can save 300 grams on the car by 
spending another few million. They will because they can or they could before. And because it's only focused on lap time, on winning, on, you know, and all the things that go with that. So common sense is breaking out in Formula One unusually. And that tells you just how serious the situation is. Yes. Because they've delayed the, the new regulations for 2021 to, to at least 2022. They're trying to cut the, um, the budget cap down that was coming in next year that was set at 175 million US dollars. Sorry to keep zooming around currencies here, but which is way too high because they, they took loads of stuff out of that to go on top as well. And, and frankly, spending three or 400 million Aussie, uh, American dollars rather to run two racing cars 20 odd times a year is just unacceptable. Mm. And as I said, common sense will have to break out. Otherwise, we'll end up with 10 cars on the grid. The optimist in me sees a reduced season. It, you know, I want to see a season. I see a reduced season. So mistakes on track take up even greater significance. So the optimist in me thinks if we come back and it's a 14, 12, 10 race season, the unpredictability at the front that we haven't had due to Lewis's amazing ability and Mercedes beside him, that if you have an engine failure, failure and you lose your 25 points you go back to the grid you don't pick up points with a shorter season am i being optimistic to see more unpredictability could see different results overall as far as championships go yeah <clears throat> well would it be i'm just thinking that through as you're asking me the question will it be a bit more like 2020 cricket for example yes. where you you know where you got to just keep smashing it out of the park in a way it might just work in the opposite uh, way oh. to that where Martin. you've uh, no, it may might in in some respects where you can't afford you know with with fewer races finishing them all will be more important I would have thought in, yes. uh, on the ratio, but also every result will will mean more. So I think it might be a little bit of uh, a little 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 bit of both. I don't think it'll be quite smashing out of the park because you'll you'll need to see the end of the Grand Prix if there's only seven or eight. But seven or eight races is not enough for Formula One because. You know, a lot of the sponsorship contracts and media, TV contracts and all that won't pay up um, and there won't be enough uh, uh, promoter's fees in there to f for Formula One to function. They'll all go broke, frankly. So, um, but what I would say on, on that is, you know, back in the day with Fangio and, and Sir Sterling Moss, uh, you know, they had six or seven races a season. Jim Clark, Jackie Stewart, Graham Hill, 10 or 11 races in a normal season. Back in the day when I was thrashing round, you know, with Senna and Schumacher and those guys, it was 15 or 16 was absolutely tops for a season. And you don't think any less of any of those great champions no. because there were less races in that season. We don't grade them accordingly. So... I'd like to think if we get going, I don't know, August, we might still get 15 races in, um, as I say, early part of the season in Europe. And then then if we can find some freight planes and, and, and get, get around the world. But um, so I think if we get up and running, we'll, we will have a representative season. Uh, and you're right, it'll, people will come, be coming. Uh, in, in F1, they'll have any number of computer models to work out whether to smash it out of the park or get to the end, won't they? Alrighty, time to get stuck into Martin's story in part A of the show. You're going to enjoy this one. Listener. 